Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is the Hip Hop Save My Life podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Let's sit back because it's time for the podcast. Welcome to Hip Hop Save My Life. Uh, we are we are very excited to have member of the internet, but now solo artist. Well, not, I'm not. That's not exclusive. He's, he's doing music as well. Patrick Page. The second. How are you, sir? What's up, man? Good. How are you guys? Thanks again for having me, man. It's an honor. No, mate. Fa- thank you for coming on. Whereabouts are you, man? Um, where, where? Why did I forget where I am? Like, I'm not here. I'm in Azusa right now. I'm at the crib. Okay. Right. My home. Where you guys at? Well, I'm. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm in bed. Nice. <laughs> uh, because it is your bedtime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I like man. to. I like to do the podcast when I'm just sort of. I've just had some milk and cookies and stuff, and I'm ready to fucking go to sleep. Do you know what I mean? Wait, no, it's just like I've got. I've got three kids that uh, you might be able to hear them, but yeah, our three kids just they just run around the whole house the whole time, and so this is the only room currently that I can get this done. I'm going to be honest with you. This is my first time talking to somebody who's got uh, the second mm. after their name. Is it, really? uh, it hasn't come? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, what a- you're, you're used to it. Yeah, you're, you're, I imagine you're used to it. But I quite, I really like it. Has it, do you feel like it's affected your life in any way having that? Yeah, it's kind of add a little like prestige to the name. You know what I'm saying? Like a kind of like mm, the second, just distinguished gentleman kind of situation you know what i'm saying and now yeah. we're recording so i can introduce my cat now you know what i'm saying i'm gonna bring my boy up here this is young gray young gray <laughs> how old how old is that cat gray is, is that... how old are you five five yeah gray's five he be chilling and are you a cat i mean i take it you're a cat you're quite a cat person are you? i like dogs so i really do love dogs i just I've only had cats because I've not been in the space where I've been able to have a dog. So, you know. So I, I, I've heard people say, well, I heard it in Meet the Parents, but I've also heard people say it, that that dogs, people respect cats more because cats give you love, like they give you earned affection yeah. and love, where dogs are just, they would give you about the same amount of love as they would do an intruder. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a bit sort of, it's a bit of a different level. Whereas a cat, if a cat shows you affection, yeah. That's fucking, that's big, it's special. Right? Cats choose people, like people choose people. They're really little, they're people. Like dogs just yeah. unconditionally, and that's why I fucking love dogs, because dogs are amazing. Who doesn't love dogs? Like, my, I know. my favorite dog is a German Shepherd. My dad actually has one. I grew up around them. My uncle had one. My mom's mom and dad had one. Like, that's my favorite dog. They're loyal to the soil. They'll, you know what I'm saying? They'll kill for you if they have to type shit. But yeah, I, um, yeah cats definitely, they, they choose who they want to fuck with. So if they like yeah. you, you're really special. <laughs> and then sometimes when you, when you go to someone's house, it's got a cat and their cat sort of likes you. That person fucking loves you, right? Like they're just like, oh my God, he never goes to strangers like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they either really like you or they're secretly jealous. Like my cat doesn't do that to me. So so how's life treating you, man? How's... uh? What's your lockdown situation or your COVID situation where you're living? Is it all back to normal now? What's the, what's the, what's the coup? You will look outside and think shit is back to normal the way people are acting. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent. I've been cutting up a little bit. I've been going to dinner and shit. I'm just being honest. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I get tested like every week kind of situation. So definitely uh, don't get my vaccine soon. Thinking about that like in the next month or two or few months however long i'm definitely not against the vaccine for sure gonna get that at some point um but yeah out here it's nice it's like to be real i like being in the house like this time i needed every single second every minute of it like i really didn't understand like i always knew i was kind of introverted like an ambivert like both like sometimes i want to be bothered sometimes i want to be out but this whole experience has taught me like i don't want to be bothered at all like i like being in the crib <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I really yeah. love being in the crib. So lockdown for me started off weird. For like the first 
obviously, you know, a couple of few weeks like everybody else. And then after a while, probably like mid April, like May, I was like, no, this is fire. I don't want to go nowhere. Then June, July, like I would see a couple of friends here and there, but I really do appreciate being at home. I like spending time with myself. I like pouring into self. I've not had that time to pour into self and really spend time with myself like that. You know what I'm saying? So it really made a big difference. Like I learned to not only love, but like myself, like I fuck with me on a whole nother level now. Yeah, yeah. It helps me appreciate everything else around me. You know what I'm saying? So I got a situation. And then, you know, to be fair, thank God, you know, California, we got nice ass weather. So, and I could just hop in the backyard if I want to, if I want to like go for a walk, I can. Like I run every night type shit. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I walk, run a few miles. I've been working out. COVID for me has been all things considered. All things considered, it's devastating for, you know, more people than it is. It isn't, than it isn't. But for me, it's been like, I've really been eating and enjoying the fuck out of this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, been, I've been chilling, bro. I've been chilling. You feel so guilty saying that, don't you? Because, you know, when you have that, when you have that time, because like, I've enjoyed it a lot. Mm. You know, I, I've got kids. And like, Rupert, you've got kids as well. And then you're sort of having this quality time with your children. And this is fucking great in a way, because I, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't have had this if life had carried on as normal. Yeah. But then you also have to remember that the, the, the reason that we got this is because of a, a fucking devastating pandemic. But right. at the same time, I've, I do think that there'll be long-standing effects on how people live their lives going forward. And I'm not just talking about masks and shit like that. I'm talking about work-life balance and, mm, you know I mean? and, and, and how people spend their time and, and all of that. And it's made me change the way I think about, about how much time I spend on work and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, I don't think you should feel guilty about having gained perspective during this time. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not an indictment against anybody else. And we're not, you know, speaking without acknowledging the obvious, the obvious, you know, current situation. Like, it's fucking devastating outside right now. Like, people are dying from this yeah. shit. It's looking better now. You know what I'm saying? All the social injustice, like, that fucking, we had to sit and look at, at the crib now. We didn't have a choice but to look at this shit for what it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now we... Cause we know what it is, but like, you know what I'm saying? Everybody else around us, you know what I'm saying? Because my drift had to finally be in the crib and see for what it is. Cause you don't have a choice, but to look at this shit every day. And there's still people who don't want to acknowledge what, what the situation is for what it is. But that's outside from that, just the overall perspective. I don't think there's anything wrong with finding perspective and finding the beauty in some, some dark ass shit. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. We kind of have to adapt and see it for what it is and find the light in this shit. You know, there's always a silver lining somewhere. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to congratulate you uh, before we, we go any further because uh, you've just brought out a new album, If I Fail, Are We Still Cool? Thank you. And Big Plays got recognised Animac's biggest record in the world or hottest record in the world, right? Which is a big accolade in the UK. That's uh, that's like a big thumbs up, you know, from a credible, a credible source. Don't be FaceTime at my phone, I ain't got time for that. Lately been in my zone, the nigga got rhymes for that. Money pie success and they gonna grind for that. Phone probably on silent, I ain't got time for chats. Broke as a joke, ain't funny, nigga. Church saw me hope I was a bummy, nigga. All the smart, I ain't a dummy, nigga. Crushing me, so they crummy, nigga. In my way, you better fucking out, cause if you in my way, you's a fucking op. And if you capping, nigga, then we on your head, and you out of time, cause we ran a clock. But I was gonna say to you, I, I, I'm fascinated by two things. First of all, the title of the album, If I Fail, Are We Still Cool? I really love that title, yeah, by the way. It's, it's such a fucking great title, because as soon as I hear that, I think, I, this is an album I want to. I could buy into the ethos of. Do you know I mean that 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 whole thing of like? So where did that where did that come from? That that album title. Album title for me was um, it was internal and external. It was a question. It, the question had everything to do with me taking a chance on myself, really betting on myself, taking a leap of faith. Like you know, with this album, man, I'm pouring so much into it. I'm trying so much shit. Like I'm literally pouring so much in myself. Mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, you kind of still, you know, paying, paying for some shit out of pocket for this shit. Like, I'm really, I feel like I'm really taking a chance on myself with this album. Like, you know what I'm saying? Especially during this time, during like the pandemic, it's like, damn, if this don't work, am I going to forgive myself? Am I still going to be cool with myself? Like, if this don't work, how many people going to be left around me? And then at the same time, I'm not worried about that because, like, you know, the ones ain't going nowhere. All my real friends and all that shit ain't going nowhere. But, it had everything to do with me taking a leap of faith and taking a real bet on myself. Like if I fell, I was so cool. Like this, like this, this album had everything to do with, you know, accolades, affirmation—not accolades, but like 
affirmations, like going after everything I want, like manifestations, kind of like writing down goals and things I want for the future, like things I rapped about in this album, some things I didn't have at the time. And then I literally, they literally manifested themselves, which is crazy. And I was like, oh shit, I'm not even out yet. You know what I'm saying? But there are certain things that I wrote down that happened that are still happening. But yeah, for me, it was an internal and external question, like to myself and just to those around me. Like, you know what I'm saying? It had everything to do with just like that, that big leap of faith. Like I'm going all in on this shit. Like I haven't before, you know, I'm trying new shit. I'm right new shit, you know. I brought on different producers, all kind of shit, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you have an idea of, for this record or for your career, what failure or success even looks like? Do, do you have like a, a bar for which you go, this is what I want this uh, this record to do? Or mm. is it create, Is it purely creative excellence? Or what, what is kind of your idea of if you fail or not? That's a good question. I like that a lot. Um, not to get too deep and all that. Well, I guess yeah, yeah. time to get deep, right? Fucking pocket. Imagine what he can do now in his bedroom. Yeah, this is that. I mean, I, yeah. I asked that from my fucking bed. Uh, that, that's the level I'm operating at, yeah? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, well, success is subjective, right? But for me personally, what failure would look like is this shit just completely bombing, I guess. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I would still be like, let's just say, God forbid, that would happen, right? The shit just don't go nowhere. The shit just don't work. I'm happy with the fact that and I can sleep at night and I'm content with the fact that I tried and I gave it everything I had, I would have no regrets. You know what I'm saying? So failure for me would only look, what's the word? Not materialistic, but um, it would be like surface level, like, you know, everything. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, type shit. You know what I'm saying? The failure for me would be more so if I just didn't try this shit at all. Right. So whatever happens to this album, you will, st- you know, you can stand by it. Because I, I often find this with like shows I do. Can you hear this screaming in the back? <laughs> what's going on? They sound like they're having the time of their life. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're playing uh, Fortnite and I was lit. <laughs> they're fucking losing their shit. So, um, but I have that with like when I do shows and stuff like that. I um, I think to myself, I can't control however many people watch this show or if the channel like it or whatever. But you just have to go. If I can stand by this piece of work and be proud of it and know that I tried my hardest and I put everything into it then you can't, you can't do anything else. Do you know what I mean? That's, you know, the, these things are like, you know, you can only control the variables you can control. Do you know what I mean? So, exactly. But having said, having said all of that, having talked about what failure or success might look like, doesn't feel like this is a problem for you with this album, right? Because, first of all, big plays is going big, but so they say and whisper, you're three for three for fucking bangers on this album. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like you got three very different sounding records. I don't know if I'm doing this in vain, yeah. but I swear that this shit be in my veins. This shit starting to drive me insane. I just want the money. I don't even need the fame. What if the shit I make it actually lame? And that's why I ain't took off like a bullet train. What if I ain't as good as I think I am? Yeah. Like you're smashing it, man. I mean, you must be pleased with the reception you're getting to to, to what people have, have heard so far. Definitely, man. Definitely. First of all, thank you for that. I really appreciate that. And shout out to Annie Max. She was showing so much goddamn love just from the start. <laughs> I just really yeah. appreciate her. I just really do. I want to give her like a big ass hug. You know what I'm saying? Like, all things considered with COVID and all that, I'll be negative. I'm sure she's negative, so I'll give her a hug. But, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, no, they, um, like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, these three records, I've never, like, big plays. I've never rapped that aggressive or nothing like that. Like, I wrote that verse out in 15 minutes with West Side and Fly. He came and dropped the hook. My friend Fumi, I remember her telling me, like, when he walked in the room and he laid the hook, she got chills just over the whole session because she was like, this shit is crazy. Like, this is going to be a song. Like, a thing and it was um for me recording uh so they say was crazy i recorded it with of course chris goldsmith but nick green was engineering it one of the producers that's on that night that was that for me was like a moment because i was like i ain't saying like that before and then um whisper i've never done no shit like whisper like i'm like i'm a shy dude so that was me like being confident stepping out like trying to really get at somebody like yo sup man this is me this is, you know what i'm saying I'm really, yeah putting myself yeah. out there like a motherfucker, man. So it was different, but it, it worked. And it was all authentic to me. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't no shit. I was just like, oh, let me see if this works. Like, let me try this different shit. It was like, no, these are just different sides of myself. I guess I haven't even unlocked. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like going back to the conversation, I feel like this whole pandemic is kind of like unlocked a new character. Like, 
in the video game type shit. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I say like, just going back to the other question too, if this shit bombs to me, just like I said, it's subjective. Like God forbid, I don't see that happening, but I have no regrets and I'm happy. I like the album, I'm proud. So whatever the fuck happens, like you said, man, it's in God's hands. I ain't yeah. prayed and asked for what I want. And it's out of my hands with that. And I'm like, I'm happy with the work. I'm I'm proud, you know what I'm saying? But the reception has been amazing. I, I just, I appreciate it. I can't even put in the words how much I appreciate it. Yeah. The, the video for Whisper is fucking insane. Man. Shout out to Ethan, the director. It's so, it's so good. Thanks. Actually, that was uh, one of Ethan's concepts. We were on the phone, I was on the freeway and he had these three concepts, but that one stuck to me, the one on the plane like with the flight attendant and then, you know, we had someone else originally, but I really wanted Kate Dunn because she's actually like a friend of mine. So it was, it worked out perfectly because it was funny because we almost had to cancel the video because we had conflicting dates and schedules and then the cost, this, that, and the third, but it literally came together exactly how it's supposed to. So Ethan wrote out the treatment, you know, I approved, we sent it over, we got the studio the sessions, it was a two day shoot. It was fun, we had hella fun with that one, man. And then with big plays, mm -hmm. Am I right in saying, because you were talking about working out during uh, during the lockdown, mm -hmm. that's you and your actual, because there's a bit where you're fuck, you, you like basically smack shit with this, uh, with this barbell, right? So is that, that's your actual personal trainer though in that video? Actual trainer in real life. Yeah, and I was like, and that's my actual friend. Like he comes over, we play guitar together and shit and shit like that. And I bet about the skating rink. So, you know, before COVID, we were skating every week together type shit, so. Yeah, that's my actual trainer, my friend, all of that. Yeah, you're just thinking, oh, I've been thrown down, so I need to show people in this video how I get down with the weights, right? Fair play to you, mate. Yeah, you know, it's good. It's good shit. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> we've, we've both really embraced the lockdown and done a similar thing, haven't we, Ramesh? Uh, yeah, we're, we're, I'm in serious trouble, man, because I've sort of done the opposite of, of what you've done. My fitness has descended to a point where <laughs> my wife's starting to get concerned about my ongoing survival, to be honest with you. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I had a thing where like, so Krispy Kreme over here just brought out vegan donuts. I got a box, I got a dozen vegan donuts. And in the course of about an hour and a half, I ate six of them. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just, if Patrick doesn't see I don't see the problem. <laughs> okay. So then when I was walking across the house, I was walking across the house and Lisa and the kids, my wife and the kids came out and they said, Ron, we've just noticed that like you've eaten, you've eaten six of that dozen of donuts. And I didn't even have the heart to tell them that I was on my way to get a seven. But like, but, uh, <laughs> was that sort of an intervention, a donut? It was like, it was like a low key, it was a low key intervention where like, well, I sort of, I imagine that they let, went into the kitchen, they opened the box mm. and my wife went, look at this, look how empty the box is now. Did any of you have done that? <laughs> no. Uh, and the guy said, this is all your dad's work. But let's talk to him in his sugary face and, and, and talk to him about how he feels about his behavior. But see, it goes yeah. back to our conversation about perspective because had you not eaten that half dozen, somebody else could have. So you technically saved somebody else. Yeah, yeah. From that. Oh, you're taking a bullet. Patrick, thank you so much. I need to talk to you more. Man. I, I, I threw myself on that doughy grenade and I bore its brunt. I was saying sacrifice. I'm making a sacrifice. Yeah. So obviously you've done, you know, you've uh, you've done a couple of albums with the internet and you're doing your solo stuff. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is the fact that, you know, what you've done with the internet and what you've done with your solo stuff is you're one of a, a group of artists who is undefined or unrestricted by genre. Like when you listen to a record of yours, first of all, when you hear that you're putting out a new single, you don't know what it's going to be. You don't, you've got no idea what it's going to be, right? And second of all, even when you're midway through the record, you don't know what might happen in that song, right? And, and that is not something that you hear a lot in modern music, to be honest mm. with you, right? And is that something, is that something you're consciously doing or do you just think I'm just going to make what sort of drives me? I mean, I'm fascinated by the whole artistic process of that. I mean, I mean how does that all come about? Are you, like, how do you decide on your direction for each and every song? Oh, man, first of all, thank you. That's a hell of a compliment. That's I think that's one of my favorite compliments ever, ever. So oh, well, I mean it, man. I mean it. I mean it. I appreciate that so much. Um, it's not so much anything I can say I consciously think about. Sometimes, yeah, you know, I, or maybe after the fact. But I just, with this album, we just made so many songs. And Chris and I, we were talking about this in another interview. Like, we got so many songs that won't even see the light of day, probably. It was just, with this album, it was um one general direction. but 
me, like I said, trying a bunch of different things, but that was still authentic and true to self. That's why they came out the way they did, and that's why they worked. Um, what didn't work, I didn't use. Um, some shit I worked, but just didn't fit, and maybe we'll get put on the next project, or we just go back to that. But for me, it was just a, a matter of just trying new shit, man. I just, like I said, I really jumped off to the deep end with this one. I really, you know, jumped off the cliff, see if I could fly. I started flapping, and, you know, it worked. So I'm like, it just was a situation where, like, um, all these different sounds and stuff like that. I didn't want to be scared of myself anymore. I didn't want to keep myself in a box. I didn't want to go in one straight line. I was like, okay, let me, does this work? Okay, this works cool. And it ended up being like a cohesive kind of bunch of puzzle pieces that came together and made this big kind of like picture, if that makes sense. So yeah, it was just, I literally whatever I felt, like most artists say, of course, but literally I did what I felt. I did what was authentic to me. And like I said, unlocking these different new parts, I'm still unlocking like new character, you know what I'm saying? Like parts that's besides me, parts that I didn't even know I had, you know what I'm saying? So Are you looking yeah. forward to taking that new like you've described it, new character out on live, you know, on the road or whatever? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's not even I wouldn't even necessarily say character, because this is like for show like through and through, you know what I'm saying? But like just parts of myself I didn't even know or maybe didn't even allow to come out because I was too scared. But I'm not scared of myself anymore. I'm not scared to try shit and it not work. I'm not scared to try shit and it'd be fire. Cause I was, like I said, I've always been kind of shy. So attention for me was always like weird in some respects, but it's not anymore. Like I'm not shy behind camera anymore. Like I'm looking forward to the next shoot or next video shoot shit. I'm like, you know, I'm getting more confident. Like I feel more confident. I feel better. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, for me, it was uh, definitely looking forward to being on the road. Like, yeah. And seeing how that translates, man, like that's definitely going to be something. I, I look forward to it. I feel like that's going to be sick. But on uh, on on letters of irrelevant, you did put yourself out there, kind of in what you were talking about on the record and stuff. And you you were quite personal, and you talked about some pretty heavy things, you know. But so, do you feel like if I fail is a, even a step beyond that in terms of putting yourself out there, or do you mean like more musically and more with your direction and what you're t- talking about, or uh, or what do you mean? I mean sonically. Sonically putting right. myself out there as an artist just all together because yeah. Letters for me, first of all, thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, letters for me was just a very personal project. It was a, it was a coping project. It was very um, very internal. I was just going through so much shit at the time. I didn't know how to get it out. And um, like I said, it was things I needed to get out, like dealing with the passing of my mother and amongst other things all at the same time. It literally seemed like everything happened at once. It was like that saying, like when it rains, it pours. It was goddamn hailing. It was a goddamn hurricane. It was goddamn volcanoes popping up out the middle of the ground for me. It was like, it seemed like shit was just going left everywhere. And I didn't know how else to express that. So that that's how that album came about. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was literally like writing in my journal. They just started off as songs and I, I recorded them. I felt some kind of way about letting so much of myself out there. But at the same time, like, I said what I said. So I dealt with it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. I wasn't scared to be transparent and let people know what I was going through. And it's actually, that album has helped a lot of people with what they were going through. And I didn't even expect that. Like, I didn't expect that kind of reception. People like, yo, this helped me with this or this specific song helped me over here. Like, you know, I honestly, now I don't like the album so much anymore. Oh, really? How come? Yeah, when I don't, I just, my performance, sonically as an album, when I look back on my performances and shit like that and my delivery and certain content and certain songs I produce, I'm like, oh, I could have did so much better. Like, you know, it happened. It was a time and it was like, that was a timestamp and I'm past that. So I accepted what it is. It did what it's supposed to. So do you, do you feel like, um, you know, cause with the way you just talked about your, the, the, about the music, you obviously put in a lot into it and you think a lot about it and you've got songs there that we may never hear, or you're going to put on another project cause it's not right. It's obvious you're thinking about these things as a longstanding work. Right. And, and that sort of slightly, there's a, there's an argument that that flies in the face of the way that music is 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 released and made now a little bit. Do you, are you conscious of that at all? Are you, you know, I talked about your sort of you're not being held in by genre, but there's lots of artists where when I when there's an album and I'm talking about artists I love by the way, you know, the artists I'm a fan of, yeah. but when they bring a new album out, I'm pretty sure to to, to a greater or lesser extent what that record is going to sound like, right? You know, I've got an idea and I know what I want, and that album delivers that. You're not that type of artist, right? That, so do you find that tricky? Are you conscious of that? You know, or, or do you feel like you've got a fan base who are like, yeah, we're totally open to wherever, wherever Patrick takes this, 
we're going to go with him. Do you know what I mean? Like, is, is that something that plays in your mind at all? Uh, yeah, it's definitely something I think about. And with this album, it was definitely something I could say I was proud of because a lot of the records on there surprised me too. Like, and even my right-hand man, Chris, we were like, Yo, Chris is the one who actually like took the songs and arranged them in the order he did. Right. And the funny thing is, when I first I had my own arrangement, I was writing down and working on. He came to the house, and um, he parked in the front and we were smoking. And he was like, "Yo, just listen to the shit." Because at first I was like, "I don't know about this arrangement." Then we smoked. He was like, "Bro, just trust me. Like, listen to this shit." And then we listened from top to bottom. I was like, "This is fucking crazy." (laughs) Like, like the arrangement (laughs) and like certain directions even surprised me. And I feel like you know our. supporters and fans that are willing to grow with me for sure yeah they definitely gonna accept this and it's like because i'm never going to ever try to put out anything less than quality i feel like i've set a bar sonically like that i want to continue to pass you know what i'm saying right yeah i definitely feel like was it conscious i don't even know if i could say if it was conscious or not with this album like yes and no you know what i'm saying but it was more so like i said just me doing what i felt at the time and like it all came together cohesively and then it was like this big like I said, all these puzzle pieces came together and made this picture. And I was like, damn, so some of the shit surprised me. So I can't even fully say it was conscious. Like it just, it worked and I love it. You yeah. Know? And, but that's the type of artist I want to remain to be. I want to, I want to stay in that lane. One of my good friends actually, and like artists I look up to as far as that, like they say Anderson's like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like Anderson could spit, Anderson could sing. Anderson's oh. a fucking amazing musician. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Pocket, God damn it, on them drums. <laughs> He be going stupid, you know what I'm saying? So like some, a lot of directions he goes on his album, I'm like, whoa, I didn't even see that coming, like type shit, you know what I'm saying? Like you got a few other artists. Of course, I'm blanking right now because, sure. you know, of Drake, for example, I say Drake, like sometimes Drake will go R&B, he'll do the hip hop shit, he'll do the trap shit, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm blanking. Of course, I can't think of other artists when I want to on the spot, but you know. But that happens, that happens. It's definitely one of those things for me, like I'm a Drake stand, by the way. It's definitely one of those things for me, like, I can't fully say it was conscious. It was just things I was trying, just things, you know, different directions or different areas I wanted to explore. And it just came together. So And then when the record comes out, were you sort of like were you shitting yourself slightly when it when it dropped to sort of see what how, what the response is gonna be like? Because you've sort of experimented son- in the way that you have. Um, yes and no. Yes, because it's like, damn, what are people gonna think about this? These are so many different sides. And then mostly, no, the majority of the answer is no, because like, I didn't try anything that wasn't true self. You know what I'm saying? I didn't go anywhere that was too like unorthodox. That was like, that didn't work. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't like authentic. That wasn't like true to self. Like, and people that listen to me and people that know me, like you can tell on a record, like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like you can hear a record and hear whether or not you believe everything this person is saying. And I still, that's the most mm. perception I got with this album for people that heard it early, they were like, I believe every word you say. And I'm like, good, I meant it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that was like a great, great, that was like one of the greatest compliments. But um, yeah, um, not so much nervous about this one, man. More so like anxious just to put it out and see what people think, but not so much nervous about whether or not people like it or not. Cause like I said, I really do stand by this one. So like, I'm proud of this piece of work. I'm like, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Does it does it feel like because certainly from the outside looking in, mm. it feels like this is a breakthrough moment for you. This this record, do you know what I mean? It's like you know the the, the things that have been said about it, the, the the what you're what you've brought to the record, the general response. Are you feeling that from the inside of it that that this feels like uh, slightly different in terms of the the level of response, the level of attention? Yeah, definitely, absolutely. The the level of attention, the, the response to everything. It's been like it's been great, man. It's been great. And even recording this and making this album, honestly, and listening back myself has been like, yeah, this different shit. Like we've gone here now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It feels like a breakthrough for me because it feels like, you know, shedding old skin and like, you know, walking into who I would like to be now. Like I know that now. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's funny because before COVID, it's like I wrote this album. This album been done before like the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? We bastard it in the summer, last summer finally and then got the final masters done like beginning of this year but this album's been done since like last year probably before the pandemic so a lot of these things i was writing down like i said they just started manifesting themselves like talking about working out in my fitness and looking a certain way and thinking and being a certain way like these are things that i wanted to do and i was writing how i wanted to do them or how i was doing these things 
And then, like, like I said, a lot of these things manifested as they, like, over time, it was crazy to see, like, even for me, like, wow, I wrote about that. And now this is how I'm living, you know, like kind of writing down your goals and your future kind of situation. So, like, even just looking back on that and listening to it, like, top to bottom, like, definitely a breakthrough moment for me. The reception has been showing that, too. I hope that mm. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. It, does, it makes perfect sense. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. In terms of like you being as kind of uh, as an eclectic an artist as you are influences and stuff, what did you what did you grow up listening to? You know, because I imagine you had things in my head. I just think your childhood is filled with different types of music from all different types of sources. But so what was, uh, what were your influences when you're growing up? Where were you listening to music? Oh shit, man. Uh, I, I would say I get a lot of my music taste from my mom. Cause my mom would listen to everything from Luther Vandross to Yolanda Adams to commission this, uh, gospel group with like Fred Hammond and a few other dudes. I feel terrible. I don't know their names cause the whole group was fire. All the way to Journey, she would listen to goddamn Journey albums like front to back. That's why I like Journey. Yeah. Can't name any songs right now. Of course, I'm fucking blanking. Yeah. One of her one of her favorite songs we used to sing together was the goddamn The Will in the Sky Keeps on Turning, that Journey song, like that type of shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. I listen to everything. I love jazz. I love rap, obviously. There was a time I loved jazz more than rap. There was a time I loved rock more than rap. I was heavy into rock, still love rock. Like metal, punk, all of that shit. I listen to literally everything, man. So I grew up listening to it. With, with regards to jazz, I recently rewatched the other night. I rewatched Whiplash. Oh, I love right? it. Yeah, and I, 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 well, I'll be honest with you. My jazz influences mainly come from where hip hop and jazz have crossed over. I'm not a massive jazz fan, but then when I watched that film when you, the way they talk about jazz and obviously I've been to like my wife and I went to Barcelona and we went and sat in a few jazz clubs there and it made me really realize that I haven't kind of uh, connected with this music and you know like it's so fucking amazing to watch it live right it's in, it's incredible right um what is it about jazz I guess what you're getting from jazz is completely different to what you're getting from like hip-hop or or metal or something like that so what what is it about jazz that you love so much oh man for me it's all about the chords right as surface level as that sounds, it's all about the chords, it's all about the feel, the soul, because like you literally feel those chords, you literally feel those solos, they're so tasteful, like the way the phrases, like everything about it, man, like it's fucking, like when you hear a certain piano chord, you hear a bass player go from like this note to this note over that fucking chord, and then the swing of the drums are like, <laughs> if a guitarist hits a certain scale over this chord, it's like a fucking dance of sound, it's fucking crazy, bro, it's like a goddamn, it's magical, it's like a dance of sounds, you know what I'm saying, you can see that shit sometimes, it's like, Especially when you're like playing it, like I'm not like the the most extremely not jazz knowledgeable person. So sure. you know what I'm saying? Like I can't name 16 albums right now and 13 songs right now, like on the spot. But just like my the station on my the station in my car stays on 88.1, and that's Cajun. Yeah, it's a radio station. Like it's one, it's the best jazz station to me in Los Angeles. A lot of people agree. But um, I just be shazamming songs, listening to the shit. There's certain songs I listen to on repeat. One of my favorite songs is I Can't Get Started by Can Cannonball Adderley. I think that is. Yeah. And that song is just fucking, it just, it it speaks to, you know, like, there's a song called Central Park Ave. I think it's, is it Coltrane? These sets of chords and like this direction of music, like this dance of sounds together, how it comes together, cohesive way, and like this soul, you know what I'm saying? Like, this spiritual man for me. I don't know. I like, I love that shit. Well, I, I was, I was, I was reading a bit about it because, you know, I'm not as, I'm anywhere near as musically knowledgeable as you are, but like one of the things that you know they were they were talking about was I'm still learning too shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. But they, one of the things they were learning about they're talking about was the improvisation of it, and you know that that uh, uh, the magic of that, and they're talking about jazz players being in the pocket. And to be honest with you, it was a lot like stand-up comedy. You know, be, me being a comedian, I sort of related to that in terms of like they would say you'd get into this situation where you're not even thinking about what you're doing, and it's just 
it's just coming to you. Do you know what I mean? And, and I, I found that kind of, they were saying, if you see that happen, mm. like it's, it's like, like you said, they said it's just like fucking magic. It, it just, it sounds incredible. And it sort of made me, you know, when you sort of think, I wish I fucking got this more than I do. Do you know what I mean? It, it just feels like I, yeah. I can't see color or something. So anyway, I, I'm trying to get into it. I'm trying to figure out. I feel like I'm- I smell a, I smell a spin-off podcast. What, jazz slightly influenced my life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what hip hop did you, did you listen to growing up? Was there a certain type you were drawn to or uh, did you listen to everything? What was kind of your, all kinds, your background? All kinds, all kinds. But my absolute favorite is like, 90s late 80s rap bro so like a tribe called quest like i love you know what i'm saying like midnight marauder is probably my favorite album um like ready to yes. die i love ready to die like those albums like the illmatics you know what i'm saying the uh the big l's what's the, what's the name of his very first project i'm a big l fan i of the poor and dangerous of the poor and dangerous Chicks gonna front on you. No matter how strong your rap, you only knock boots when you got loot and you're on the map. Cause if you're broke, you'll get a wax slut. If you got dope, you get a hole with a flat butt with fresh kid, long hair, and a cute face. And if you live alone, she's gonna pack a suitcase and move in. And then you got the big picture. Like both of those albums, yeah. like those are like my go to like MCs. You know what I'm saying? Not just yeah. MCs. Like these are my favorite. Rappers like Big L, Five Dog, B Smalls, top three rappers ever. Yeah. Ever, ever. Yeah. How to throw Jay Z in there, honorable mention, because he's just like Jay Z was my fave at one point, man. When the Black Album dropped, that was all I was listening to on my CD player. But top three for me, like the Holy Trinity is Fife, Big L, and Biggie, man. Yeah. Give you some perspective on like the type of rappers like I like yeah, the yeah. most. I love, you know, I love trap. So I would listen to Jeezy. I would go back and listen to, like, I still listen. To Doug Motivation 101, let's get it. I'm a huge Gucci fan, so I'm listening to So Icy Boy 1 and 2. These bitches niggas act like they be on their period or something. I don't play with niggas, period. You get hit with the drum. Ain't no mystery in my heart, black like black history month. I show no sympathy. I have them people searching for months. Cut off his leg. Chopper hit it and it knocked off his knee. Cut off his head. Cut it off and bring that shit back to me. Cut off his dread. Heard they did it in the middle of the street. I made them famous, RIP. I put that boy on TV. 11 Alive, Fox 5, Channel 2. BT. Why would Gucci pay you and he could do it for free? I'm too real for broke bitches. I ain't fucking for free. I don't need these burnt bitches, man. These hoes need me. Born and bust my Alabama. Like, I go literally any and everywhere with the shit. Like, I like Uzi. I could listen to some Uzi songs. Like, I love, like, all kind of, you know what I'm saying? I even like Playboy Cardi. Like, I listen to our dramas and perspectives yeah. and shit. Yeah. So you don't, you, don't have this, you don't have this thing where, like, like, for example, you know, people that, like, that, that like Biggie Tribe and stuff like that. I'm not just talking about an age thing now. I'm talking about just a, a, a hip hop thing. Mm. Some of the other artists like Carti and people like that, people just go, they're not respecting the, not, they're not respecting, that's bullshit. But you know, like people have an idea of, of purist hip hop and what isn't purist hip hop and blah, blah, blah. Do you do you pay any heat to that at all? Or are you just thinking this stuff, it's, it's all part of the same thing, but it's, it's coming at it from different angles. What's your take? Um, I guess if I wanted to be a little snobby, yeah, I, I would have to. I would have to acknowledge there's this type of hip hop and then there's this type of rap. But it's all, you know, however you're having the conversation with the music for real, and you know, whatever language you speak and whether or not you understand this person's language. Like, you know, I feel like in music I speak multiple languages. I feel like there is no one language in music. It's you know, what I'm saying this is math and music, you know, and then not to get all nasty and shit, but sex are like three things that the entire world speaks without words. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's just how this person has this conversation with the music and I understand it. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of everybody can understand it. Some people don't want to open perspective and understand it. Like there are certain things I understand when I hear Cardi say like, I'm like, oh, okay, I can understand this. Like when Drake speaks about certain things, I understand it. Like when Gucci or Jeezy speak or when like them franchise boys, I love them. They're fucking out their first album I fucking loved. Certain things they talk about, like trapping and drugs. I didn't, I ain't no hood nigga. I ain't never did that shit. I never trapped, but I understand it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. I listen to Fife when I listen to Q-Tip when I listen to Big L. I understand it. So it's all about a matter of understanding for us. Our perspective, man. If you want to be snobby, you can say like, oh, there's this type of rapper and the MC, then there's that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, just for the sake of like 
universally just understanding music and having perspective, bro. You can't really, you have to be willing to adapt to shit. Because some of the shit sounds tight. Like, if you if you love music, you know what I'm saying? Don't stay in one box of what this what they think this is supposed to be. Like, even jazz, for example. Yeah. You know? I, I do think context plays a big part. We're such massive hip-hop fans, Rupert and I. But we're in the UK, and that takes away so much of your understanding of where a lot of this music is coming from. Like, for example, I love YG, right? Like, I'm a massive, like, I think he's, I think he's great. So I, I've been listening to loads of his records. And then I did a travel show where I came out to, to the States, right? And I've spent some time in LA and some guys picked me up in a low rider and we fucking went cruising in a low rider and put on YG. And I honestly felt like I'd never listened to YG before that. that put, you, do you know what I mean? I just felt like there's no fucking way I understood what it's like to listen to this music yeah. properly when I was in Crawley, West Sussex. It's just, it's just, it's just impossible. Much as you tried, you know I mean? much as I tried, much as I was enjoying it, just being there, yeah. just being there in that context, I was like, this is completely different experience. It's the real thing. You can feel the spirit of like where that person was, or like you. It's, I can't, I'm trying to articulate this the best I can, but you can literally feel the music in that area, that region. It hits different, man. Like when I'm in Atlanta and I, I fucking love Future. I'm a Future fan, bro. Right, right, right. In Atlanta and I listen to Future, it sounds different there than it does in LA. It really does. I can't tell you why. When I'm in Compton, if I'm driving to Swiss House and I'm listening to DJ Quick, it sounds different in Compton than it does around the rest of LA. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm listening to MERS and I'm riding around Mid-City, it, it sounds different in Mid-City than, than it is, you know, fucking Azusa where I live or downtown. Like, if I'm listening to Tribe in New York, and this was one of my favorite things to do, I went and spent a week out in New York just by myself, just listening to New York rappers and shit. It feels different, like, getting on the subway, listening to what these artists are talking about, this region that came from this area. It hits different. So, yeah, when you hop, you did it the right way. You hopping in a fucking lowrider listening to YG on the like, That's crazy. You did it the right. That's how you're supposed to listen. Like, like yeah, yeah. You know like, literally, you physically experience a bit yeah. of reality. You know what I'm saying? Now, you you might not want to answer this really, but like, but but what I would say is, you obviously have worked on your craft as a musician and a vocalist and all that. Does that does that mean that you, you know, hip hop snobbiness aside? Does that mean you can still enjoy music that doesn't require that level of of, of technical proficiency? You know, like because there are certain there are certain records that come out, and you know, where somebody's just just doing a thing, and it's very simplistic. It still sounds great, but it doesn't require I don't know. It doesn't require practice or particularly beating on your craft or whatever. Is that has that been ruined for you by by the fact that you've you spent time perfecting your techniques and stuff, or are you able to appreciate it for what it is? I can appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. You know, if a song like, like I said, if it speaks to me a certain way, then I can appreciate it. If I can like find this in it, if I can like speak the, understand it, like I may not be able to speak the language, but if I can like understand it and it speaks to me, then yeah, I can, you know, I'm not like, I'm not completely closed off. Just cause this person is just starting and they made this song. Like I know artists that are just starting out. I'm like, damn, this sounds fire. You just did this. Like I've been playing for this long, but right, right, right. you know what I'm saying? Or I've been rapping for this long and that sounds dope. Or I rap like this and I really think about what I'm talking about. You just said what the fuck ever, but it sounds good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sonically, yeah. It sonically sounds good. Now that doesn't mean that's what I'm like living and intaking in what I just completely, you know what I'm saying? Cause for me, like I watch what I eat mentally, physically and spiritually. You know what I'm saying? So like for me, that's like the dessert shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the main course, the meals, like the healthy shit, the vegetables for me is like the tribes, the Nazis, the the big L's, the biggies. That's like the main course, the vegetables, the desserts is like, you know, other artists I won't name to like not sound, you know, to offend anybody. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And then like, you know, like a nice drink, you know what I'm saying? Too much alcohol ain't good for you. You know, a nice drink is like, these artists over here, like you need all this shit. You know what I'm saying? I have never mm. heard the idea of music being described as a balanced diet, but that's fucking great, man. I love that. L thank you, thank you. It's literally, you know, you are what you eat, mentally, physically, and spiritually, man. So it's like, yeah, you gotta take it and look at it like that. Like you're not like, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I'm gonna do half a dozen of donuts <laughs> and go listen to this, <laughs> and listen to this artist. You feel me? <laughs> so, as long as it does, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that as long as it's like, it's all context and moderation, man. You know what I'm saying? But what I like really take in and ingest, I like, 
like what direction I want to go just as a person is what I'm going to like, you know, cling to the most. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Lately, I've been listening to Larry June like every single fucking day. <laughs> like I listen, to every, I listen to Larry June every day. I feel like my credit score goes up 10 points every song I play. <laughs> and like, I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is what you talk about. Like, <laughs> like, I've been listening to hell of payroll Giovanni. Like I ain't never yeah. so rated no shit like that, but I understand it. He's talking about getting money. He's talking about hustling, bettering yourself. Like, you know, shit like that. Like constantly elevating music for me right now, the, the things that I listen to the most are things that are like elevating me. Cause that's all I want to do right now. I understand it's not going to be a perfect journey. Sometimes it's like the stock market. It's going to go like this, but whatever I can hold on to that I know is going to take me in this direction, you know what I'm saying, to better myself, I'm, I'm going to cling to the most. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So um, right now for me, it's Larry June every fucking day. <laughs> and uh, we, one of the things that we talk about a lot on, uh, on this podcast is, and th th this is partly because it's, um, it might be American artists coming over to the UK out of contractual obligation and having to do gigs. But one of the things that we talk about is hip hop live and sort of how it compares to other music. Because often we've been to gigs and it's been a bit like, you know, you sort of, you love a record. I mean, you take a friend and you go, this fucking album's great. My my example actually that I always give is, I was so excited when Cannibal Ox brought out their first album, right? Years and years ago, I was, I don't know if you, Can Cannibal Ox, I don't know if you know Cannibal Ox, but they brought out, they brought an album called Cold Vein, right? And it was, uh, it's produced by LP. And um, I loved that album. I loved it to death. And then I took some of my friends to go and see Cannibal Ox at this, and they're playing some pub in North London. And it was one of the worst experiences of my of my young life. Damn. <laughs> and, and like, and, and like the worst thing about it was, was that my friends were sort of, I felt like I was fucking Cannibal Ox, man, because I'd said to them, you got to see these guys. And I'd bigged it up so much. And then it was just like awful. You just spend the whole gig watching them, waiting on them. Well, I stayed the whole gig because I was convinced at some point okay. they would go, oh, that, this has just been a prank. Yeah. We're going to start properly now. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. But then equally, equally, my wife is not a massive hip hop fan. I took her to go and see The Roots. Mm. And she like lost her mind. She was just like, "This is, these guys are incredible." Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you go to see much live music? Because obviously, you know, you're a performer. It might stop you from enjoying that. But do you do you do you go and see a lot of live stuff? And has anyone stood out for you? Live show, uh, man. I love a good live show. Yeah. Um, who stood out? One of the greatest performances, like live performances, like rap. I'm trying to think about. Yeah. Why does it always happen? Why do you always blank? You got all these shows you be thinking about when you in the just grocery store. Cannibal, just say cannibal ox. Yeah, Do you know what? It's always, and then after we finish this, you'll think of 37 gigs that you went to that you wish exactly. to Exactly. I'm going to be in the, the grocery store picking the bread, like, ah, oh, yes, that was a great show. Like, <laughs> that, always, that always fucking happens, man. That always fucking happens. Um, Okay, just for the sake of time, because I'm blanking right now, and I really do hate mm. doing this, because I'm going to think... No, nah, don't worry. Seeing Most Def play with Robert Glasper, Chris Dave, and Derek Hodge at the Blue Note in New York, wow. that was really fucking mind-blowing. That was crazy. That was the... That is, like, to me, the epitome of, like, hip-hop, bro. You got jazz. You have an MC. You have, like, these fucking... Like, you take that and fuse that shit together, like... And you got this shit in the Blue Note. That was crazy to me. Yeah. That was one like a perfect hip hop show. You know what I'm saying? You got yeah, yeah. And I can't even name hella most deaf songs. I used to listen to most deaf and Black Star on Pandora Radio, so I would hear hella their songs, and I just like wow, they're spitting. But never like went and took initiative to go get an album. That's actually how I found Big L was on Pandora. Oh really? I, I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> was this the triple six up in the mix straight from double H yeah. hockey sticks? I was like, nah, I gotta listen to this nigga. This nigga crazy. Big L man, I just remember like the lyric that got me that made me a massive fan of his. He goes, When it comes to Nookie, I'm not a rookie. I've got girls that make that Tony Braxton chick look like Whoopi. Yeah. But it's just such a fucking... <laughs> <laughs> no, that was crazy. And, okay. and, he, and he, he, had, he had so many lines like that. Like, in every song, it'd just be fucking packed mm. with, like, with, with punchlines that in somebody else's song, one of those would be a quotable, right? Mm. And he just fucking jam-packed it top to bottom, man. It was so, it was so Never good. Never stopped being at 100. Yeah. He never, yeah. like, it was only like 10. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, one of my favorite songs is Goddamn. Yo, I'll size them up. Hey, yo, I should have. Oh, size them. I'm deadly when I pull the pin out. Keep fronting, I'm gonna try your chin out. I like a lot of men out. What the fuck? Like, it's so <laughs> crazy. Like, it starts yeah. off. I was just like, how are you even rapping like this? Like, I know. It's one of those that, like, you, 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 you would listen to those records and then a year later, you'd suddenly realize what a lyric meant. Do you know what I mean? You know, one of those where you sort of go, oh, shit, I understand what that is now. Um, it's so good. Listen, we're almost we're almost out of time here, Patrick. But it's been a it's been such a pleasure to talk to you, man. Um, I've been enjoying the hell out of it. So it's been great. No, no, it's been great, man. So, so what's uh, so what can we look at? Obviously, the album's just come out, um, which we strongly recommend. What what what's uh, what's in the immediate future or the long term future for you? Are you looking? Is there any chance of you coming out to the UK when you're allowed? To come and do some shows? Hell yeah, man. I fucking love the UK. Like, I got bad love for the UK, man. They always show bad love. Like, the band, like, when, like they show love mad to the, they show mad love to the band. They show mad love to, like, just me. Like, the respect yeah. I've been getting for this album. Yeah, I fucking love the UK. I would absolutely love that. One of my favorite shows ever was uh, out there. It was the Brixton Academy, man. That was one of my favorite oh, yeah. shows you've ever done. Ever done. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Uh, well, great. Well, we look, we look forward to seeing you, man. Listen, genuinely, congratulations on the album, man. It's it's amazing. And, you know, I know we talked about failure of success. I don't think it's an issue. I mean, like this, yeah, you, you, you've you got a great record, man. And uh, look forward to hearing with whatever you come out with in the future. But thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure to chat to you, man. We really appreciate your time. Thanks, man. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you having me. It's, it's an honor. You know what I'm saying? No, thank you, man. Cheers. Cheers, man. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 